Welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Miles. The Building Excellence Podcast is all about sharing inspiring stories from some of the most successful athletes, coaches, business minds, and thought leaders to help you build excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. We hope this show provides you with tremendous value. If you find the show impactful, please share with a friend and on social media, as well as subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Now let's get to the show and start building excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. Everybody, welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. I've got the Teddy Owens on the show today. <laughs> That's my dad. That's it. Yeah. The, the is my dad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, really excited to have you on. I'm really excited to have people hear your story and a lot of the lessons you've learned as a coach and then also being in basketball, too. So... If you wouldn't mind, just go ahead and start us off. Like, Give us a little background about growing up and what that was like and, and uh, go from there. Yeah, Baylor, I, I, I've been so fortunate um, because of my dad. Um, a, a lot of people have to, they don't have a dad who kind of um, laid the groundwork for their passion or what they want to do, and they've got to go find that passion. I was lucky enough from, from day one, um, you know, that I had a dad who loved basketball, loved his players, um, loved relationships. And, and so I was, I was born right into it. And, and so, um, but my childhood was kind of like being a military kid a little bit. You know, we, we just moved all the time. I was born at the tail end of my dad's career, Kansas. And so I was three when we moved to, um, Tulsa. So born Lawrence, moved to Tulsa, took the ORU job, um, was here for a few years, so then at five, moved to Fresno, California. Um, he coached semi-pro basketball there for the Fresno Flames for mm-hmm. one year. Um, so at six, then moved again to Tel Aviv, Israel. And so from six to seven, lived in Israel. Moved back um, to Merced, California for a little bit, and then moved to Tulsa, where he was high school coach, um, basketball coach at uh, Metro Christian. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so just when I thought like things were kind of slowing down, this was the end of, of his career. Then he gets an AD job, um, in Florida at a school called St. Leo university. And so we moved there for high school. Um, and so my, my whole life was just about, um, moving, 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 um, meeting new friends, new cultures, um, meeting new people and just kind of adapting, Mm -hmm. um, but the one consistent in everything was basketball was always a part of it. Um, and so uh, when worst came to worst, I always had basketball uh, to lean on. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's been part of my life ever since. Yeah. What was it like growing up as a coach's son? I loved it because I got to be around um, guys that I looked up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I, I was so young um, with a lot of those moves that I didn't, I didn't build those relationships with some of my dad's players. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got a little bit older, when I got to, I think Metro, um, I was in elementary school and, um, a few of his guys, I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. And then you see those guys later on, you're like, you know, these are just regular dudes who just really laid it out there on the line. Yeah. Um, but it's when you're a kid, the way you look up to some of those guys, yeah. um, you know, you hope your players realize the importance they have and um, how they go about things because of um, the kids who look up to them. But I, I was fortunate to always be around it, just go hang out in the gym, 
um, go up to Metro on the weekends, go ride my bike around school, go in the swimming pool. Yeah. Um, it, to me, I couldn't have had a better life. Um, that my parents just provided everything we, we needed. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, how important was parents like having parents when you're moving around like that? It's obviously important to have stability in the home. And I know your your dad was a super influential in your life, and I know your mom was as well. But what was that like to have parents that really loved you and and uh, cared for you? Yeah, something I probably haven't do uh, that I haven't done is I probably haven't let my mom know um, how important she was in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like my dad's my best friend in the world. Yeah. Um, and we share that passion of basketball. Um, but my mom was the one when my dad was busy doing everything else, the one that was driving us everywhere. Um, the one that was teaching us to do different stuff. Like I love music because of my mom. I love cooking because of my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad was, was basketball, 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 basketball. And and so he was busy most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, it it wasn't until he got to Metro when things kind of slowed down a little bit and I got to spend more time around him. Um, but you know, as a kid, you don't you don't realize how important yeah. your parents are in in shaping your life, and and so my mom, a lot of my passions are because of my mom. Mm. Um, so when we get done this, I probably need to give her a call and and tell her, hey, tell mom, her yeah, this, um, absolutely. As much as as much as I love dad and the influence he's had on me with basketball, um, she's she's kind of the rock of our family because mm-hmm. um, she was always there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You have to be, especially moving around so much. Yeah, yeah. So you said Metro, you kind of started to be able to, uh, you know, watch some of the players and really uh, look up to them. Yeah. So you started playing basketball as well. So yeah. you were always playing basketball this whole time. How did sports play a part in your life and what sports did you play and, and what, what was that like? Um, you know, I, I've always played basketball. Um, and I tried to do some different things. Like um, I, I went to, when I was at Metro, you know, you're at a smaller school, you're one of the better kids. I went to Jinx in middle school and Jinx, now all of a sudden you got these huge classes, all these athletes. And yeah. so um, I didn't play football before. And I, I didn't really look at my any kind of lack of success as um, I had to do more work at that age. I looked at it as I didn't play football, so I wasn't one of the dudes, at least the coach didn't see yeah. it that way. So I went out for football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized pretty quickly especially at Jinx where they started at a young age, I was way behind. And so before I even really started, I I quit pretty quickly. And so, um, you know, that was, that was, that I would say that was the one lesson I wish my dad would have, um, kind of held on to was saying, listen, you started, you're going to, you're going to finish it. Mm. Um, you know, let me struggle through that a little bit. Um, but so I tried football, hated it. To me, football was me and my dad playing catch outside. Yeah. <laughs> and I could run great routes when there's no defense on. I mean, I'm running a fly route every single time. And, yeah. And, but, so, but then when you go out there and you're playing football, especially Jinx, is you got to know all these plays, all these different routes, all these blocking schemes. Um, and so I, I learned pretty quickly football wasn't for me at, mm-hmm. at that level. Yeah. Um, I, I like some of the individual stuff. Like I like tennis. Um, I like golf. Um, but basketball, like how that all brought everybody together and seeing the success you can have as a team, mm-hmm. um, when everybody sacrifices, when everybody's on the same page, like that was, that was the deal to me. Um, the pace of play, uh, you're getting up and down. There's not stoppage all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I, I, I love that. And, and, and I loved, uh, the feeling of competition. Absolutely, um, yeah. it just, you know, that, that's just always fueled me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So you go, you're a Metro, and then uh, your dad took the job in Florida. Did you yeah. move to Florida in high school? Moved to Florida in high school. So okay. all four years of high school in Florida. Was that a tough transition for you going from there, or was it kind of uh, it was fine because you had done that kind of your life and made new friends and had that ability to adapt in, in that way? Or what yeah. was that like? Um, you know, it, it, we've got some kids who, because um, I'm also a primary school PE teacher, and so <laughs> you see new kids come in all the time, and um, the kids that adapt well are the kids that have outgoing personalities, and, and the kids are kind of introverts. You kind of feel for them a little bit because their their natural adaptation isn't talking to people. It's not, um, you know, being kind of a, a class clown or anything like that. Yeah. And so they've really got to work. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a clown. Like I'm a, I'm a goober. Um, I'm like, I'm like, I'm about to be 40, but I'm still, I'm still a kid. Yeah. Um, and so it was easier for me just because I've gotten used to it. Um, but I could always make friends easy um, because I just, I, I'm pretty outgoing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that's been bad or good, you know, sometimes I've tried to get attention yeah. um, from doing stupid stuff um, yeah. back when I was in high school and, but it always gave me a path in with, with mm-hmm. people. To connect. Yeah. And basketball. And playing sports is yeah. is such an easy gateway um, to make friends, mm-hmm. um, forming relationships and building teams. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys do when you were in high school? You have a pretty good team? Or? Yeah, we were good. Um, we were good. I went to my last two years of high school, uh, went to a school, and, and I took a tour of the school. And the first thing, one of the first things they did was they took us into the choir room. And the lady who was giving the tour said, you know, this is really big at the school choir. Um, all the basketball players play. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if this is the place for me. Like this is, everybody's in choir. This kind of like, this maybe like a little bit of a weirdo school. Yeah. Um, and then I realized, no, the kids are just doing everything. It's kind of like a hall and hall. Yeah. Um, you know, the more you do, the better it is for the whole school. Um, the, the more you can build community the more you're in, like at Hall and Tall, kids are playing three sports uh, a lot of the time. Um, and so I, I think the more you're involved in, the more you can build build that community. Um, and so we were good. We, we did a little bit of everything. Um, you know, we, we played basketball. Uh, we hung out together, smaller school. Uh, we sang choir together. We had a small lunchroom. Like it was, it was packed in. So you're kind of forced uh, to talk to each other a lot. You did a lot of stuff together, Mm -hmm. built relationships together. Um, and we had a high school coach who was, who was all about team. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of individualism. We we ran the flex, um, in high school and that's all we ran. Like there wasn't, it wasn't run and gun. It wasn't get up and down. It wasn't isolation. (laughs) We're setting screens. We're popping to the elbow. Uh Like we're creating shots for each other. Um, and so, I think that hurt. I think that hurt some of us um, individually, um, but that was okay because we got success from it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I think we could have we could have done different stuff that that maybe we would have had a chance of winning a few more games um, had we played a different style because we were all pretty good athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, coach won us a lot of games because of our system, because of his structure. Um, and so you just, we just had to sacrifice. We just had to sacrifice a lot of individual goals um, for team success, which which is so much greater yeah. in the long run. I mean, we remember so many more of those games than we do. Mm-hmm. You know, I hit seven threes in a game. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's great. But, like, made to the state tournament. 
Yeah. Um, made to the final four. Like that's that's the stuff you remember. Yeah. Stuff that you teach your guys today too. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's hard. It's hard um, because certain guys have you have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that end that that end um, goal of of playing in the big house. Um, you know, shedding tears after the game mm-hmm. um, because it meant so much. Like that's that's the stuff that sticks out. Yeah. So you're in high school in Florida, and then you went to Oklahoma State right out of high school. Is that right? Yeah, right after high school. How um, did you How did you decide on Oklahoma State? Uh, well, one, I was a very average um, high school student, and yeah. so my son doesn't know that. Um, I'll I'll tell him about that later on. Like <laughs> that, that I struggled. Yeah. Um, so, like, a lot of my friends were going to University of Florida mm-hmm. um, or Florida State. Um, and you had turned down offers from Duke and North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I turned down a lot of those in my mind. Yeah, in I never mind. got any paperwork. There was no, there was no letters coming in or anything yeah. like that. But, yeah, yeah, in my mind, I turned those down. Yeah. Um, you know, I, as growing up as a kid, I wanted to play one of two places. I wanted to play, and these are two, like, polar opposites. I wanted to play Princeton, um, and I wanted to play Georgetown. Really? Um, and so, yeah, like guys like Allen Iverson, like I just like the creativity there, uh-huh. but also the Princeton offense, like seeing guys like overachieve what was cool to me as well. Yeah. So, um, and neither one of those happened. Yeah. So, but I loved Oklahoma. Yeah. I, I loved Oklahoma. I loved the people. Um, you know, I, I kind of like kind of the slow down um, city life where it's just not going, going, going all the time. I mean, living in Florida, we, we loved our time there. Um, but it wasn't people, like, driving by you and waving. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it still eats at me today. Like, if you let someone in, um, like, if someone's coming in from a side street and, like, you're trying to help someone out. Yeah. Like, if someone doesn't wave. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it doesn't have to be, like, thank you so much. Uh-huh. Like, just that little just that little bit of gratitude. Um, just just appreciating other people. Mm-hmm. Like you never saw that in Florida. Like people just, they, they minded their business. They went about their life. But in Oklahoma, I mean, you, you get that all the time. And people look out for each other. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty special. So yeah. coming back home, that was home to me was, was Oklahoma State. And me trying to find out myself a little bit instead of being around my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was important to me. Yeah, that's a good question for you. Do you feel like you kind of knew who you were? Growing up, were you kind of constantly evolving? You know, because some people kind of know who they are and they're kind of building on that. And some people are learning about themselves over time. And, you know, college is a really foundation, like a fundamental time where you get to learn about yourself. Was that something for you or what was that like? Uh, I mean, you know, I knew I loved basketball. I knew I wanted basketball to be a part of my life. Um, But everything else was just like entertaining, having a fun time. Mm -hmm. Um, being a jokester and I, I didn't I didn't necessarily think of any of that stuff like parlaying that into something else. Um but I just I like to play basketball, I like to hang out with friends. Um and uh I, th- I think it kinda drives my wife crazy. Sometimes she wants me to um like lock in on certain things, but I'm just I'm pretty easygoing. Um as long as there's basketball <laughs> in my life. Um yeah. it, it, as long as I'm around family um, as long as I'm around good people, like that's, that's, that's all I need. And that's, um, that's been basketball for you, right? Yeah. I mean, family, friends, good people in, right. in the game. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's I haven't really sought out other stuff. I haven't really thought about that much. It's just, um, 
I think I think my dad had a lot to do with that. He's just a country boy, mm-hmm. um, who came up with very little. But and, and he'd tell you this, he he didn't have a bunch of stuff, but he had everything he needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, just he had family. Yeah. Um, he had he had Christ. Um, he had competition of basketball. Um, that's 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 all he needed, and and he was satisfied with that, and um, and, and and I'm pretty satisfied with that. Yeah. So I I never saw it, I never saw it out more than um, I really needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So going to Oklahoma State, you got to be on staff. Uh, what year were you first there? Um, first year was 2001 or 2002. Okay. Um, and I was. Uh, I was I was fortunate enough to be a manager at Oklahoma State um, for Coach Sutton, mm-hmm. and um, the Graham brothers were there. So Joey and Stevie Graham um, kind of grew not didn't grow up with them, but um, we all lived in Tampa, and so got to know the Graham brothers. And so kind of my way to Oklahoma State was the Graham brothers decided they were going to transfer um, from UCF Central Florida, mm-hmm. and they asked my dad who we'd built a relationship with them, you know, can you, can you help us out? And so, um, Joey, everybody wanted Joey. Um, Florida wanted Joey. Duke wanted Joey. Kansas wanted Joey. Oklahoma wanted Joey. Oklahoma state, everybody wanted Joey, but people weren't sure about Stevie. And so trying to get a package deal there of those guys going together was, was a little difficult. And so we go to Stillwater and check Stillwater out. Um, and Brooks Thompson, um, who's still on the st- staff at the time, he's at Eskimo Joe's. And he meets, he meets the guys. And, I mean, just awesome. Great personality. Yeah. Super outgoing. Um, you're eating cheese fries, talking Brooks Thompson like it's perfect. Yeah. Um, then Sean Sutton, um, who's at Texas Tech now, he comes over to lunch and and um he did a great job with the guys they meet coach Sutton he did a great job with the guys uh Sip um Glenn Cyprian mm-hmm. um does a great job with the guys and it just felt like a family atmosphere um and so they end up there so I end up being a manager at Oklahoma State and um being a manager is like one of the worst things in the world and <laughs> one of the best things in the world um because it managers like managers get almost no love yeah um, I mean it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work very little love um, and so if like you're if you're not mature enough to handle that and understand like there's a process behind it like if I pay my dues mm-hmm. pay my dues pay my dues I'll, I'll get an opportunity um, in coaching um, maybe in college hopefully in college mm-hmm. and so I, I didn't necessarily see it that way at the time like I, I was in college kind of have fun, hang out, play a lot of Tiger Woods golf. Um, a lot of Tiger Woods golf. Um, and and then my extra time was just kind of um, going and helping the coaches out. Like you had to run a coach to Tulsa because you couldn't fly out of Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're running them to Tulsa, bringing the car back, going back and getting them, um, going and get Coach Sutton, honey-baked hams um, in Oklahoma City, um, and just going back and forth and then – a lot of filming, a lot of days on Saturday when you're doing two a days, and there's no like iPads at the time. You're you got a handheld camera, yeah, it's... and you're trying to stay awake because <laughs> um, like back then there's no restrictions on like practice time. So you are you might have a three and a half hour practice, uh-huh. it might turn into four, 
and just like just like nodding off a little bit. I mean, it was, it was a struggle. Did you have any uh, when you're in the film sessions? Did you ever have any any coaches call you out like? What's going on? What's going on here? <laughs> I think they were smart enough not to have me film very much. Like okay, yeah. it, it seemed like the only time I was filming was on a Saturday. Yeah. The rest of the time, like I'm running pads. Um, I think my main job was um, Spencer Sutton um, was was is Sean's son, uh-huh. and about half the time I was in the auxiliary gym, like babysitting him. Yeah. Um, and just like running around taking care of them. Yeah, we did um, a pretty good job because he's a pretty good coach now. He, I, he in his first year, in his first year, he he goes to like the state championship and, yeah. and has a chance to win it. Um, it Thank, and it's so you, cool. Right? Yeah, it's on me. <laughs> um, it might have had a little to do with his pedigree. Yeah. Um, and seeing guys like that though, that like you were around when they were a little kid and then be successful, um, that's so awesome. Yeah. And, and seeing kids grow, like seeing kids struggle, um, and mature and that whole process of like figuring yourself out is is really cool. And, mm-hmm. and Spencer. I, I, I wish Coach Sutton would have been a, a alive to see Spencer. Um reach that level because mm-hmm. um, I know how much he meant to their family and yeah. um, it's a that's a tight-knit loyal loyal yeah. group yeah I mean we could spend the whole time just talking about your time at Oklahoma State but was there any stories or experiences that stand out to you that if you had experience to share of being on staff that you remember I, I remember um, this was kind of a tough experiment I mean, experience for me was um, we we played in the final four against Georgia Tech. And um, the three-point shot has, uh, analytics had started going a little bit more. And so um, leaving a guy open in the corner or helping started to be um, a little bit bigger of a deal. Yeah. Like now, if you, you can't leave a guy in the corner. I mean, just nobody's leaving a, a shooter in the corner to help them. If they if they hit a two, they hit a two. And... Um, so we, uh, Joey Graham's guarding the guy in the corner and we're playing George Tech in the, in the national uh, semifinals in the Alamo Dome. And, um, John Lucas is guarding the ball. I think the guard was Bynum for Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm, yeah. And Ivan McFarland was in a ball screen. Um, they had this big center, this big, like curly headed center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name. He was Tall. Like from, yeah. Tall. He's like from uh, Snyder, Snyder. Something like that. I don't know. So we we get caught in a ball screen, and I think our coverage on that game was to go under and hug the ball screen. Um, And I've never, I've never, uh, I I don't like that way of covering it, but that's the way we chose to cover it. And like nobody's ever done a question defense at Oklahoma State. Like Coach Sud's like the master of defense. Yeah. Um, So for me, it's just my not my preference. So anyway, so they get the corner. We don't fight through it. We don't hedge it. Um, and so Bynum gets downhill. Well, Joey stays out in the corner and hugs, hugs the corner, doesn't leave the corner. Bynum gets downhill, um, hits a shot to give them the lead. They win kind of right at the buzzer. Um, and, and the next, the next day, um, we watched film and, um, coaches were really hard on the guys. Um, and, and it was tough because I think, they had so much loyalty and so much love for coach that they wanted coach an opportunity to win the national championship. Um, and so I think that's where their frustration came from was 
you guys didn't play your best. There was some selfishness there when you guys played. And, mm-hmm. and so really laid into him pretty hard. And I was like, I'm sitting back there and I'm just like, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, it just didn't feel good because what we accomplished was, was incredible. Yeah. Tremendous. Um, but at the same time, I got where they were coming from a little bit because they wanted, they want to coach towards the end of his career to, to, to win a national championship. Um, and so, but they kind of left a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, so at the end of the year, at the end of the year, I decided, you know, I, I want to get back into high school coaching. Um, being a manager was, was good, but I wanted, I wanted to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of came back later on, um, when I was at Nebraska as, as a dobo mm-hmm. was, um, as director of operations, you're doing a lot of stuff except for coaching. Yeah. Um, and so this, after four years, I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I just, I can't do this anymore. Um, I need to be on the floor. And so, um, when I got an opportunity to, to get back into coaching, I, I did it mm-hmm. as soon as possible. Um, and so, but that's, there's, there's a lot of people that sell at different things. Um, and there's a lot of people who, like my father-in-law would tell you, um, the first thing you need to do is provide for your family, whether you are passionate about what you're doing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, um, I think you can do both. I mean, at least if you're afforded that opportunity, um, one, you need to provide for your family. But if you can do what you love mm, yeah. and you can provide for your family, there's nothing better. And so I'm at Holland Hall. My kids are in school there. I get to see them every day. Um, I, I get to watch them grow up and I get to do what I love. I mean, it's just, there's nothing better. Yeah. Yeah. So you got out of working at Oklahoma State, got into high school. You were at Edison, correct? Yeah. My first job, my first job was at Edison. Edison High School in Tulsa. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, how long well, let me there? backtrack. I'm sorry. I was yeah. at Metro first. I was at Metro, Metro. first, um, working for Will Reese, who okay. I think is, is one of the best dudes in the world. Um, and so kind of learned from Will Reese. Um, it was, how to how to love guys and coach guys at the same time and that was my dad was a I, I learned a lot from him but but will reese seen it from someone different i learned so much from him um seeing how you can have that balance and mm-hmm. you don't have to scream at guys you don't have to yell at guys if you love guys um if you just hold them accountable if you're honest with them um but you have a lot of grace and you have a lot of love like you can be successful yeah um so then after that, Edison with Michael Parrish for a year, who I, who I think the world of. Mm-hmm. And then David Crines um, gave me an opportunity at Holland Hall to come on there as an assistant yeah. um, for one year. And then Coach Grober, Sparky Grober, took over um, for Coach Crines. I got to spend two years with him, um, which was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you go from Holland Hall and then you go to Lincoln, right? Yes. That's yeah. how So graduated, got my first job. Um, at Lincoln Christian and um, w- was lucky to slide into a spot that had some some good athletes and good players and um, had our best player was Clay Wilson who went on to play Princeton um, and so had success there um, for for three years um, and then from that and, and this is where my dad um, him being a college coach and him having connections um, helps pay off is coach Kruger gets the job at OU. Um, and I'm able to get on there with, with coach Kruger. Mm -hmm. Did you want to get back into, I mean, you'd been in high school for a little while 
And then yeah. transitioning back into college, was that something you wanted to do or how did that come about? Yeah, it's something something I, I, I wanted to do. I, I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to push myself. I wanted to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, at high school, you're going you're gonna to go through some some roller coasters a little bit. You're going to have... A couple of years where you got a lot of talent, and then you got you you might go through some years that yeah. there's no talent. You get what you get, <laughs> and you do. You get what you get. Um, and so in college, you you get to be the decision maker on we're bringing these kids in. It's on us, mm-hmm. like because we brought them in. Now we get to coach them, yeah, um, and help them grow. Mm-hmm. Um, versus high school where whatever's there, that's that's what you're rolling with. Yeah. Um, so that's cool about high school. In that you have to adapt. Um, you have to you really, have to, really coach. Yeah, yeah you yeah. got you got change styles. I mean, when you got dudes, you you can you can get up and down. You can play. Yeah. When when you don't have the horses, you know you might have to do something a little different. Yeah, you got to be more creative. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Play styles you might not love, mm-hmm. um, but winning winning styles. Yeah, and there's pros and cons of both, right? There is pros and cons of both. So you're at OU under Long Kruger, which. He's a great coach, and he recently retired. Yeah. Um, so you're there for two years, right? Two years. Worked under him. What are some things that you learned under him? Um, I I don't think I don't think um, I've been around a lot of coaches. I don't think there's a better man um, on this planet. Not just in coaching. I don't think there's a better man on this planet than than Coach Kruger. Um, anytime, like we went to Iowa State. And um, different student sections do different stuff. And so their student section's right behind our bench. And there was a movie, it was like Finding Nemo or Dory or whatever. And there's this seagull scene where um, there's, like, there's like a fish on like the boardwalk. And the, the, the seagulls are like, mine, 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 mine. And so they're doing lawn, 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 the whole game. And I'm like, how dare you be disrespectful to Coach Kruger? Like, I, I just couldn't fathom someone calling him Lawn. Uh-huh. Um, like, he's Coach Kruger to me. Just like Coach Sutton's Coach Sutton. Um, he he made an emphasis every day um, to touch base with every single one of the players. And he wanted them to come in, whether it was an hour, five minutes, one minute, just come in, say hello, um, because he he understood the importance of relationships, um, and there's there's big such big disparity in his age and the guys who are coaching, uh, and so there might be a little disconnect there just because those guys are so much younger. You know, you're coming in at 18, and he's um, whatever he's old, yeah. um, and and so but but the importance of just someone knowing I care about you. Um, you're loved. I'm I'm not I'm not going to yell at you. I'm gonna love you, love you, love you, love you. Um over and over and over. Um was so important to me. So something is so I go from high school coaching and to me um high school was hey we're just gonna have we're gonna have the same practice every single day. Like we're just gonna go hard and go hard and go hard and go hard. And with no thought of how taxing am I being on their bodies? Like this is my first head job, mm-hmm. and so I'm just thinking you go hard all the time. Like I'm I'm like Eddie Sutton Jr., um, Tom Izzo Jr. Like yeah. we're we're just gonna go hard all the time. Um, and seeing coach, um, 
you know, switch that up. And if a guy does something wrong, not put them on the line um, was completely different to me. Like there was always a consequence for not giving your best effort. Yeah. Um, and coach worked with guys. He, he worked people through that. Like he, he was respectful. Um, he thought talking to guys instead of yelling at guys was more important. Um, like if his tone changed that much, you knew he was ticked off. Mm. Um, it, it didn't have to go from here to there. Yeah. Like you just, you knew it was almost like being a parent. Like if you let them know you're disappointed just a little bit, yeah. you don't have to yell them, but that disappointment, like it's you want to do better. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it, it is worse. worse. Yeah. Cause you want, you want to do better for the person yeah. that you care yeah. about. Cause he re- loves and cares for you. Yeah. So, so we had, we had two guys, we had uh buddy healed and Isaiah cousins. Um, we're both freshmen and, um, Isaiah, we're down playing, we're playing Texas tech and Isaiah and buddy are like always competing. There's who's the first person in the gym. Who's the last person in the gym. Like they just, they're rats, they're gym rats. Those dudes, they, they lived in the gym and Isaiah struggling. They have a, a guy named gray who just keeps on picking Isaiah and Isaiah doesn't jog back. I mean, he like barely jogs back on defense, picks him again doesn't get back on defense, picks him again. And me being a young coach, I'm thinking, get his butt out of the game, chew him out. Yeah. He's not going to be above the team. Like his attitude's not going to be above the team. And coach didn't do it. Coach played him. Um and then he dealt with it. He dealt with it later on. Like he wanted he wanted him to be able to play through it. He wanted him to learn hmm. on the go. Instead of just correcting it for him, pulling him out, putting someone else in. Like he wanted him to grow through it, yeah. And Isaiah Cousins and and um, ends up having an incredible career mm-hmm. at OU and um, learns how to be a teammate. I think because of stuff like that, like knowing coaches got my back. Um, I can make mistakes and I can learn from it. Um, but he corrected in a different way. I mean, he just he loved on him and just he let him know, hey, we're not going to do it like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to ride with you. Um, you're still my guy. Yeah, absolutely. So how did that how did that affect you as a coach and your coaching style? I changed so much. I changed yeah. that that one year was the most transformative year of my life. Yeah. Um, and you got to you got to work and learn from some some great coaches, both high school, college, yeah, high level. Yeah, I, I've never been I've never been around a coach who didn't didn't help me grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and but Coach Kruger just as a person. Um, how you deal with people that, that, that changed me. Um, and he ruined, he ruined basketball for me a little bit in, in that there'll never be a better person to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I loved working for him so much. I love that he put an emphasis on family. He, he did something, um, after games, we would, we would always have a team dinner together. And so all the coaching staff, all the families, um, and this was so important to me as a, as a newly married, I've been married a few years, but had a, like a one-year-old son, mm-hmm. like him put an importance on making us feel like we were all a part of it. Didn't matter if you were a GA, a manager, um, a player, an assistant coach, head coach, like you were all a part of it. Um, win or loss, we were going to have a team meal together afterwards in the practice gym. Um, and just in being able to sit back after a win or a loss and say there's something so much bigger than yeah. the end result. I mean, it changed me. Um, and so and that's not common either. <laughs> not no, common. no, it's not common. That's it's not, not common. common. Yeah. And and so um, 
I, I wish everybody had an opportunity to coach for a guy, um, work for a guy like Coach Kruger. And so when he retired, like, I, I, I cried and I cried. I mean, just yeah. like, because I, I was happy for him because he needs to, he, he gets to go be a grandpa. He gets to go be a dad. He gets to go be around Kevin, who just, his son, who just got the job, job. at UNLV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, nobody has the opportunity now to work for the greatest man um, in the world to me. Yeah. Um, and I think we, we, we need more people like Coach Kruger. We need, we need to, to elevate guys who do it right, um, who treat people right. Not the flashiest guy, not the guy who's got a heavy social media presence, not the guys who um, you know build themselves up. Guys who build other people up, like those are the people we need um, leading our country, leading yeah. leading other young men. Um, and so I think we need to like put a microscope on those dudes and, and find out how can we help other people understand like those are the people we need to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the glitz and the glamour. It's it's the people who love people. Like that's that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, so he he changed me as a coach. And I'm still, I'm still, I, I still struggle with the emotions of the game um, when guys aren't giving their best effort. Um, yes. That's that's yeah. still in competition, especially. That's that's a struggle for me. Um, but I want to be more like Coach Kruger. Mm-hmm. I, I do. There's not a day that I don't uh, that I, I want to be that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after what you just just told us. So. Yeah. Um, so you at OU, then you transition. You go to Nebraska for a little bit. Yeah. You were there for four years. Four right? years. What was that experience like? What do you learn from being in Nebraska? You know, it was it was so different um, from being a GA. I, I got I got lucky. Um, I'm, I'm gonna backtrack just a little yeah. Bit. Go ahead. So I worked I worked basketball camp for um, Coach Self, Bill Self at KU, and um, I was trying to get on as uh, GA there. And so at the end of camp, and this is and this is another deal. Like if it's not for my dad. I'm not having a conversation with Coach Self in his office, um, and so like I'm pampered in that way. I'm spoiled in that way. Yeah. Um, uh, other people don't get the opportunity, but sure. But my my deal has always been, he might be able to open a door for me, but now it's my job to to prove that I belong. Absolutely. And, and don't take advantage of that. Yeah. Because um, the l- last thing I want, last thing is you want as a coach is you putting yourself out there for a kid. And saying, "Hey, you've got to take this kid." Like, and then that kid not being at that level, not meeting those expectations of work, of of great attitude, of great effort. And so, I never wanted to do that to my dad. I never wanted to disappoint him. So, um, you know, he might he might do me some favors. Um, he might help me out, but then I'm going to go earn it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sitting there um, with Coach Self, and he said, "Okay, here's the deal. I just talked to Coach Kruger." Um, and he's going to offer you, uh, a GA position if you want it. Um, here's what you could do here. You could be a GA here, but you're going to have to live in a dorm room with your family and you're going to have to monitor our guys. And like the thought of the thought of being at KU where my dad coached the pinnacle of basketball, um, was awesome. But as a new dad, um, as a husband, like, I did not want to live in the dorm rooms. Um, and and I'm not sure Coach Self didn't say that just to, like, to get me to turn it down either. Yeah. Like, make it so painful that like uh-huh. there's no way I'd accept it. Um, and so 
that that door opened. And but but in that meeting, he told me, um, you know, kind of be where your feet are at. You know, the job you have is there's nothing more important than that job. And if you're just trying to elevate yourself to the next step, it's it's not going to work out. Like be great where you're at. Um, and so when I was at Oklahoma. I did a lot of the mail outs, um, created the mail outs. Like people were sending a lot of mail outs back then. Like yeah. you hadn't started texting people graphics and social media wasn't as big back then. And so I did that. And then I also created booklets for the coaches when they went on the road. Um, and so this, so I, I became a pro at that. Um, Coach Self told me, Billy Gillespie, um, he became a pro. He came to him and said, I want to get on coach. How do I do it? And he said, well, you got to create a niche for yourself. And so he went and he was a great overseas evaluator and um, kind of cornered the market on that, was really good at that niche. Um, and so I said, you know what, what can I do? What, what can I do to have a niche? And so I was great with social media. Um, I was great with making these recruiting booklets for the coaches. Because the coaching booklets, like they cost like $400 for a coaching booklet. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make it great for them. I wanted to organize it for them. And so... Coach Kruger takes the recruiting book um, that I created on the road, and he's sitting next to Tim Miles, who um, had just gotten the Nebraska job. He said, oh, that book's awesome. Where'd you get it from? He said, well, my GA, Teddy Owens, made it. He said, well, I wonder if he'd be interested in a job. And so um, that's how it started, being really good at a niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and it opened another door that my dad did not have to open open for me. Yeah. Um, and so, um, not taking advantage of that really, really helped me out. And so I got to get on there, um, and, um, as a director of ops and that, that job kind of like being a manager. Um, you're doing a lot of stuff, especially if you want to be a coach, you're doing a lot of stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, you're going over all the travel, you're, you're booking all the flights, you're, getting all the meals, you're over academics, um, you're meeting with administration on different issues. Um, you're doing almost everything but coaching. Um, and so I go be down on the floor in practice, but I wasn't giving feedback. I wasn't coaching the guys. Um, the only time like I really felt good about it was when you're in the games. Um, and you're on there on the bench and like the competitive nature comes out. Yeah. Um, that was the only time I felt like I was really, really like basketball was going on. The rest of it, I was doing stuff I didn't want to do. Um, and I struggled with that at times because in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, I want to be a coach. I want to be a coach mm-hmm. instead of just being great at that. Um, and just knowing that if I'm great at this, you know, then the coaching deal will take care of itself yeah. at the right time. Um, and, and through that, I didn't trust God enough to say, if I'm, if I'm loyal, if I am, um, if I'm an ambassador of everything I'm given and I'm a great ambassador that you'll take care of me at, at the right time, at your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, my faith in, in God, um, was on the back burner at that time. And finally, when I put it at the forefront, when I put my family at the forefront, I realized, okay, now now's the right time to, to think about family. Um, now's the, to, the time to do something that's going to help all of us. Um, and that was getting back into high school coaching um, and spending time with family. Hmm. 
So transitioning from that, you went, you got into high school coaching. Uh, how did the job that you went out to happen? How did that all unfold? Yeah, so it was weird. So um, I was talking, I was talking to uh, Sean Sutton and Scott Sutton about an opening they were having at ORU, and um, during that whole process and talking to them, um, I also got a call from one of my friends in Florida who I went to high school with, who said, "Hey, I've got." a head job or one of my buddies, his buddy, who was my buddy as well. Um, he had an opening at his school. So my friend called and said, would you be interested in, in high school coaching? I said, I don't know. Have, have our other friend call me and we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're talking, we're, we're talking about it. And what could have been a 15 minute conversation turned into about an hour and 30 conversation. And I just felt like, okay, this is, this is the time I need to go find out like, is this the right job? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm talking to the Suns at the same time while they're at ORU and call Sean Sutton and say, hey, I'm going out to Florida. He said, okay, that's, that's a good deal. He said, I don't honestly, I don't know if, if they're going to keep us at ORU. Um, let me know how it goes. So I go to Florida, um, love it. It's kind of a young school in, in its infancy, beautiful campus, mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a good, af- uh, um, there's going to be a good emphasis on athletics yeah. and it's a, a place that I thought that I thought like my family would love. I mean, you're in paradise. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, a little different than Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Weather. Yeah. 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 And, um, so, so I go, I have the interview, love it. Um, and then I check on Twitter that night and, um, the Suttons had, um, gotten fired at ORU who um, w- was tough because I, I, I think they're just Scott and Sean yeah, and their great, staff that they have there. Too. I think those, that they, they're incredible people. Yeah, those great staff. Um, so that kind of, it was weird. It kind of closed the door for me and I felt so good about Florida that I told my wife, Hey, I, I think this is going to be great for us. Um, and it was, it, it was great from a basketball perspective but my wife being away from her family, um, the commutes, like she was, she was having to commute like an hour to work, an hour to pick up the boys, an hour to go home. Yeah. And she was on the road all the time. And it was, it was miserable for her. Um, and so while I was happy with basketball, um, while I was happy with now being able to spend more time with the boys at the high school we're at, she, she was, she was not in a good place. Um, and so we struggled. We we struggled with that, um, and it was difficult. Like the only times we were like really happy as a married couple was when we were at Disney or we were at Sea World. Yeah. Um, when we were at the beach, like we lived for the weekends. Yeah. At least she did. Um, but but I knew like if something if something came available, like we had to get closer to home. Get back home. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the way God works. Um, he opens up. The Holland Hall job opens up, um, and I have Sparky Grober, Coach Grober, who I worked for before, called me and said, hey, it's open. Are you interested? I'm like, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I get to go be around my dad, my mom, yeah. my sister, um, my wife's parents, um, her brother and sister. Like, this is, this is a homecoming for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I get to be at Holland Hall, yeah. which I, I love Steve Hildebrand, our AD. I love Phil Muir. Um, our strength and conditioning coach. Like I don't like Phil Muir 
Coach Kruger, Phil Muir, like those are like similar guys. Yeah. And just um, just incredible people. Tag Gross, um, the Spencers who have been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Underwood, who I who I got to kind of work for a little bit. Yeah. Um, like I just get to be around great people who I believe in, in a school that I believe in. Um, and around family and my boys get to be there like this is good as it gets mm-hmm. um, and so Steve Hildebrand tells me hey you're in you're in um, we're, I was in uh, development in raising money at Carrollwood Day School um, and I didn't I didn't love it I, I didn't love that and He's but he said hey just so you know and I don't want you to think like th- this is the opening we have primary school PE I'm like, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's a change from development. Yeah, I mean, it, so you're you're dealing with adults and you're asking people for money and yeah. raising money, and now I get to be around like the happiest human beings on the planet. I get to be around <laughs> kindergartners, first graders, second graders, third graders. Like, they they come to school every day happy. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the greatest deal in the world. Yeah, as long as it's not before lunchtime, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, and then they're just grouchy, and, yeah. and I'm grouchy. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, but it like it couldn't have worked out any better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, this is this is God. Like this is this is how He works. It might not be on your time, um, but at the right time, you know, it's yeah. your prayers are answered. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to what you said about coming out of Nebraska, taking care of your family, making the decision to leave Florida and come to Oklahoma uh, for the betterment of your family, and then just how God kind of aligns all that. Yeah, is is pretty cool. Yeah. Not only that, but you also have had a lot of great success in the last few years all in all. So that's that's also important too. And I want to touch on that, but you know, we've talked a little bit about kind of your story and what's going on. It's interesting as you look back, um, you know, you being in college, I think a lot of people really look at that and like, oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. But when you're in it sometimes it's not so much about uh being at such a high level of, of basketball. It's not so much about playing in front of 30,000 people every night. Uh, it's more about what you talked about, the relationships, uh, the people that you're around on a daily basis and the environment that you're in plays such a factor because you can get to experience all that. But if you don't have those things in place, it's going to feel not good. You yeah. know, it's going to be rough on you, your family, uh, mentally. And so it's really cool to hear those experiences and having the, the faith to take a step and get into something that you know is for the betterment of your family yeah. and for yourself individually. So I, I think that's pretty cool. But also, let's get into coaching. Um, you, you've been around some great guys, obviously Coach Sutton, your dad, these high school coaches, Coach Kruger, um, Coach Miles. You know, what, what type of, what do you, you think is most important as a coach? Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's kind of like people make a joke about it now, the, about the whole culture deal. Like uh-huh. a coach gets a new job and they talk about two things. Hey, we're going to play fast. Yeah. No matter if they're in play fast or not. And we're going to have a great culture. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think there's anything more important than having a great culture. And I think that starts with relationships. Um, I think the toughest thing is, is the kids who don't perform at the level that you have expectations for. Um, if you've got a kid who um, has talent, who doesn't go hard every day, those relationships are hard. Because um, deep down inside, I mean, and like, 
listen, we're we're not perfect like Christ. I mean, like we can't just turn that deal off and say I'm going to treat this guy right every day. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be kind. Um, like that's a battle. That's a battle. Guys, guys, who don't perform um, with great attitude, with great effort, those are people who are tough to build relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think it's so important that it's you have a foundation um, internally that it's not about you. It's not about your feelings. That it's about like if I try to be Christ-like, if I try to be Christ-like, I'll find a way to reach that guy. Um, if, it, but if I let my ego take over, if, if I get ticked off because I'm spending two hours of my time to get you better and you don't want to do it and you don't, you care more about yourself than your team. If I can't take that away, I'm going to be a bad coach to that dude. Um, I'm going to get upset with them. I'm going to stop talking to them. I'm not going to develop a relationship. So I think that's the biggest challenge as a coach is, um, being your best every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and being good for those guys and being right for those guys and putting your ego aside and, and, and just loving, loving, loving. And, and there needs to be accountability too. I mean, sure. like, I, I don't, I don't want it to seem like, uh, we just have to give unlimited grace, even though that's what we get. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we get, but, but we do get corrected. Yeah. We do get corrected. Oh, yeah. The discipline there should be. Yeah. Involved. yeah. Um, and so, but building those relationships and being consistent every day being on time, um, letting those guys know that you're going to bring it every day. I mean, that's, I think that's the most important, but it's, it's an everyday deal. You yeah. can't, you can't have many off days. You really can't have any off days because once you do, the guys are, the guys are going to see that and they're mm-hmm. just, um, and if you do have an off day, you got to be honest with them. Um, I did that more this year in just telling the guys this COVID deal has, has killed me. Um, I'm frustrated because I can't spend time with my dad. Um, I'm frustrated because games are being canceled. I'm frustrated because we we can't put stretches of practice together. Um, I'm feeling that, and um, if if I'm going through a little energy zap or my mind somewhere else, I've got I've got to have enough respect for the guys that I tell them, listen, guys, I need you guys to help me out because uh, I'm struggling right now. Um, and I think that honesty that goes a long way. Um, some kids take it and they see it as weakness. I, I just, I don't see it like that. I, I think there's some coaches who say, I can't be friends with guys. Um, and there's a balance there. Sure. Um, yeah. but I, I think you can love on your guys a lot. Um, and I think if you do, then, then they're more open to your coaching, especially some tough coaching at times. Um, and that honesty that you, that you can have with them. Yeah. You gain respect. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. like you're talking about coach Kruger. Yeah. Um, so how do you do that in the moment? Like when you're involved in practice, you know, you got a guy that's not, you're not giving a hundred percent and you know, he's, he's just kind of lagging. How do you go about that tactfully where you want to push him to get better? Yes. Cause you got to discipline him, get on him. Right. But at the same time, have a little bit of grace and understanding. I mean, what's your mindset towards all that and how you do that in the moment? Yeah. I'm, I'm not good at it. Um, unless I have Christ at the center of it, honestly, um, I need to start every morning with a devotional. I've got I've got um, three other coaches um, who we do a morning devotional every single day, um, and that centers me because my wife's going to come in in the morning 
Um, and she's going to say, you left stuff in the car or you didn't do this last night. And so my morning's got to start with, yeah. okay, get your mind right. Uh, um, when she comes and get on you a little bit, like have the right response. And then I'm better when my day's filled with little moments of that reminders that I've got to talk to guys the right way. Um, that my voice should be used to encourage, to build instead of tear down. Um, I, this year, the two years previously, we all said the Lord's Prayer um, w- when you were with us. And um, I want to personalize it more this year. I want to pray for them vocally um, and over them. And um, if there's something that need to be said, I want to say that before. And, and every in every game, um, I made sure they knew that my weakness was I want to build them up. Um, and I don't want to tear them down. Um to Lord watch over me, um, control my tongue, control yeah. my temper. Um, and I fail, I fail in that all the time. I fail in it all the time, but it's, but it's helped me. I, I've grown from it. Mm-hmm. And, and something, something that I think COVID's taught a lot of us is we just don't know what's going to happen anymore and don't take it for granted. I mean, you know, we're, we're traveling on the bus. We're traveling on the bus to Oklahoma city. Um, to go play in the state yeah, tournament, yeah. and we get the call, turn the bus around. Yeah, halfway down there. Yeah, it's it's being canceled. Um, and so I, I went back and saw it as every opportunity we have now, like you don't know when you're going to have that again. So let's let's do it right. I mean, let's love the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's the, it, it helped me grow in seeing the importance of the relationships in the game. Absolutely. So what do you think? Uh, what makes a great teammate? Uh, in your opinion, humility. Um, I think the first thing is humility. Um, it's not about me. It's about, it's about the team. Um, uh, not a love of correction because nobody loves to be corrected. I mean, nobody, nobody wants for me to raise my voice and yell at them. Um, during, during practice, nobody wants to be called out by in front of their peers. Um, but having the openness to say, I'm going to push myself and I'm going to fail at some things, um, but I'm going to grow from it. And having that openness and having one of your teammates say, hey, we can give more. Um, one of your coaches saying, hey, you can do better at this. And other people hearing it. Like, I think humility is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might be the biggest thing. Um, and just saying that the team is bigger than me. And... I owe it to my teammate to give more than um, than I might be expected. I'm, I'm just going to every day. I'm going to make my masterpiece mm. for these two hours. Um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give it all. Like when coach isn't looking and we're doing zigzag on defense, like I'm going to push myself. Mm-hmm. Um, when he turns back around, like I'm going to be going just as hard yeah. as I was when he wasn't looking. Um, I I think that just that self that self awareness of of I, I owe it to other people. Um, I, I think that's what makes a great teammate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's ex- I mean, being excellent. Um, you know, how do you deal as a, as a leader? You're around these guys every single day in the season, and you're dealing with freshmen through senior high school kids, yeah. you know, in their teens. And they're all different. Right. Some people, some of the kids want to be there. Some may not want to be there as much as other kids. Yeah. Um, some kids have my might have something on their mind outside of basketball. Some might be focused strictly on basketball. How do you deal with the different personalities and, and the different 
kind of focus levels that, that each kid has and how do you go about it that as a coach and as a leader to kind of get the best out of each one of those those kids yeah um you, and that's and that's the challenge is is finding what makes someone tick um because you're going to have three kids who want to play college basketball mm-hmm. you're going to have um 10 who want to compete um but aren't going to play beyond high school you're going to have five who are just there because their buddies are doing it yeah. um and so finding what makes each one of those guys tick and give their best that that's a huge challenge um, well, when I was in college, I started taking some um, uh, sociology classes, political science, um, psychology stuff, mm-hmm. and and understanding like what makes a person go. And then at for my master's humanities, like understanding people, mm-hmm. um, you know, you understand there's so much more to production um, than just effort. You know, it's mm-hmm. the the attitude. How do you how do you correct that? Um, especially when they're going through stuff and high school kids are going through stuff. Um, whether you think it's a big deal or not, like they're going through all kinds of stuff. You, you, you just don't know Yeah. whether it's the clothes that they wear, um, whether it's the social media presence, whether it's, um, I've got to look cool when, mm-hmm. um, I say something or do something. Um, there's all these outside pools that 20 years ago we didn't, we didn't have to deal with. Yeah. And now they're being pulled in all these different directions. Um, and that's, and that's tough, tough to balance. Um, so I think it just goes, it goes back to just letting them know you're going to be there for them. Um, my biggest challenge is if we've got 20 guys in the gym is not just spending all my time with, um, the seven or eight guys who are going to play the most, um, and the other guys are kind of neglected. And, and that's why you hire, you hire guys who are good people mm-hmm. who um, are going to do a good job um, because you can't spend, I can't spend time with everybody, 20 individual yeah. guys. Um, you know, th- the truth is my job is to win games um, and you do it the right way through winning those games. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm a great person and we're losing every year, I'm still getting fired. Yeah. I'm still getting that, fired. And that's the reality of sports. Yeah. Athletics. Um, so it doesn't matter how good of a person I am if not, we're not winning games. Not winning. Um, so that's 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 an emphasis, and and that's and that's a struggle because you get locked in on that a lot of times. Is yeah. we got to win, we got to win, and sometimes your practice is you got scout team. It sucks to be on scout team. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so you got to get those kids to understand you got a chance to win a state championship. Um, it might not be through playing time, but you might win us a state championship because the way you practiced. Uh, the way you prepared like you were the other team, how hard you went, it might not pay off in minutes. Um, you got to hope it does, mm-hmm. but you're just as important as those seven guys, those eight guys that play, um, whether you realize it or not. Those guys are the guys that get the glory of it. Yeah. Um, but your success is defined differently. Um, you know, those, everybody thinks, okay, those seven guys, those eight guys were successful. No, it was those 20 guys. They were successful. It's just measured in a different form than a worldly form mm-hmm. to us. Um, and so finding finding ways to make them tick, again, really getting to know them, um, yeah. that's the challenge. Yeah. Because then you can make them go. But some kids, it's really difficult. 
Um, I, I think we've, we've all been around it is um, some guys just have a different pulse um, than we do. And um, to me, I just, I don't understand how you never, the, there's, there's times you just don't go hard. I, I just do not, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't relate to that no, in competition. I, 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 I get, I get, I get, um, you know, like study, like if, if I'm in school, my study habits, they sucked. Um, and so, well, what did I get out of it? I got like B's and C's, uh, occasional A's. Um, but my preparation, because my pre- preparation stunk, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I get out of it. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. and so some guys are just gamers, but most guys have to work up to that. Um, you might have a few gamers, but most of those guys have to prepare, um, in practice for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guys who don't bring it every day, I just, I, I struggle. I yeah. struggle. And that's my biggest challenge is finding a way to get those guys to go. Yeah. And that's, that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> uh, being a coach, I mean, the wins and losses are important to, for you having a, a job, right? And one thing that I've learned through athletics is it's really tough. Like, I, I was playing, I didn't tell you this, but I was playing pickup basketball for the first time in a long time. And it was not good. <laughs> But it's interesting. I, I, I kind of flash back to playing sports a little bit more so where I didn't play well. I was frustrated with myself. And I kind of had this negative, like, mindset afterwards. Like, and I kind of brought it home with me. Like, oh, yeah, terrible. I right. didn't shoot the ball well. Um, so your identity gets wrapped up in wins and losses. Yeah. And I think for athletes, for really for anybody, uh, whether it's submitting a good business proposal, making a deal, like if if you don't achieve certain levels of success, you take it out on yourself, and that's kind of wrapped up your identity. How do you stay out of that as a coach? Because I know it's so challenging to try to to get out of that. Yeah, um, gosh, I mean, like our whole society now is that yeah. it's it's it, how high of a level can I achieve? Um, I I struggle with that. Going from college to high school was. Uh, people ask me, well, how'd you get back into high school? And you you kind of felt, you kind of felt a little bit like a failure. Like, yeah, yeah. You're right there in college. Like, why would you take a step back? Um, and so my success was measured differently. My success was being good for my family. And that's something I lost track of, Mm -hmm. um, for a year or two. I just, I, I thought about myself, thought about my career. Um, and so finally when I realized, um, this is the important deal. Like that's, that's when it, that's when it changed for me. And I, I've never been more content. Um, so I, I think you, you have to prioritize things. And I think having, having a faith has helped me, um, because it's bigger, it's bigger than myself. Like my identity can't be wrapped up in, um, just winning games. Now, if I, I'd be lying to you if I told you, like, I want to win games. Sure. Yeah. I want to win games. Yeah. And, and I love, um, I, I love, I mean, people love being praised. No, nobody, nobody doesn't love like, hey, babe, man, you did a great job, man. Yeah. That was incredible. Oh yeah. Like nobody, nobody dislikes, nobody's like, you know, don't, don't tell me that anymore. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we love that. We love that. That's we're, we're human. Um, but if that's the most important thing to me, the praise and the accolades, um, the other stuff's going to go at the wayside and, and the important stuff is, is, is going to take a back seat. Um, so now it's, um, and I struggle with this is when I come home, um, you know, am I giving, am, am I giving my best to my wife? Am I giving my best to 
my sons, because that might only be two hours of my day that I'm like with them, with them, mm-hmm. or it might be three hours, whatever it is. The majority of my time is going to basketball and winning, winning games. Um, you know, but I am I successful at building young men? Um, and we don't know that till later on down the road with some of our guys. Like, yeah. you know, when we see Kyle Hook, when we see Garrett Eaton, Nick Fox, uh, Brock Davis, Mason yeah. Lee, those guys who graduated, we see. Mark Goolsby, Elliot Andrews, mm-hmm. um, see who they are in 10 years and see if they took some of the stuff um, that you try to help them through. Are they good dads? Are they good husbands? Um, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where they end up in business, that, I mean, that's that's great. That's great. I mean, that's important too. Um, do they love people? Do they love people? Did, did you help them along there? I mean, that's... Yeah. But my my success is measured differently than it used to be. I, mean, yeah. I used to be really wrapped up, especially in Nebraska. My first year there, we go to the NCAA tournament and like we're walking around like we we are we are the deal. Yeah. We're the deal. Yeah. Um, this is a basketball school now. It's no longer a football school. Like it is. We are the deal in Lincoln, and that got to our heads. Um, and so I I spent more time thinking I was I'm the director of ops. Like, I'm not the head coach or something. Like, I'm, I'm walking around town like I'm some celebrity. Yeah. Um, and in Lincoln, there's, like, sports. That's all there is to do. So everybody's yeah. like, you, you feel good. You know who you are, yeah. Yeah, but, but I'm a crappy husband. I'm a crappy dad. Like, I'm, I'm up at the office way too late at night. Um, I'm not spending quality time with him. Um, that's not successful. Mm-hmm. Um, not not the, what matters. Like, I'm going to church on Sunday. I'm thinking about basketball and how awesome we are instead of like, am I listening to the word? Am mm-hmm. I praising? Um, and so you can lose track of that pretty quickly if, if your successes are measured, um, in just the money you make in just the level you're at. Yeah. Um, and so I struggled with that for a while, but when, when I got it corrected, um, I saw things differently. Yeah, no, that's great. So real quick, I want to touch on <clears throat> when, when did faith, like how did faith get woven into your life? How does that play a part? Um, it, it was always a small part. Um, I, I think um, something my dad struggled at and something he came back later to was he, um, we went to church a little bit, mm-hmm. but I wasn't in Sunday school a lot. I wasn't um, in youth groups. I just didn't do a whole lot of that. And he was, he was so busy in college basketball that, and when he was an athletic director at St. Leo that, I mean, you know, we didn't go to church a hundred times. Um, there was, I did not know about Wednesday church at all until I met my wife. Like I didn't realize that people actually went on Sundays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my dad always had a faith. My mom, my mom always had a faith, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a real, real part of our lives. Like mm-hmm. it was just kind of in the background. We were casual Christians. Um, and so later on in life, um, you know, when I went to college, uh, I started seeing my dad's faith play out. He moved back to Tulsa after I moved back. Um, and he started going to, um, he was going to First Baptist downtown. And Darren Spoo's the pastor there. And he did uh, a weekly lunch deal where um, he kind of preached the message that he had preached the Sunday before in kind of a more casual um, environment. And I saw his faith grow, and I understood how important it was to him. And I've always wanted to be like my dad. 
Um, and so it started becoming more important to me. Um, and it started, I, I started seeing when I had more faith, um, you know, I had more success in relationships. Um, I was more grounded. I was a better coach. I was a better friend. I was making better decisions. Um, and so just seeing it through somebody else, seeing it be cool to somebody else who I thought, um, the world of my dad, um, made it cool to me. Um, and, and so I think, you know, when Christ is cool, um, you know, I, when when Leighton has friends in the car now, he wants me to listen to rap music. Um, and so, like, and sometimes we do, but it's usually Christian rap. Uh-huh. Or it's, like, uh, bleeped out. Like, yeah. I'm trying not to listen to bleeped out stuff. But yeah. um, but I'm, I'm trying to play more Christian music for him. And he understands, like, I love God. Um, that's cool. It's cool to love God. It's mm-hmm. not something people should make fun of. Yeah. Um, when, and when I saw that play out in my dad's life, that's that's when it started becoming more important to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, real quickly, I just want to touch on how how is you know you met your your wife in college. How has Ashley made you a better person? Um, we you know we were we were um, I love I fell in love with Ashley, but I also fell in love with her family because they were good people, um, and I knew I wanted to be married to her because I also knew how she was brought up. Um, she was brought up in the church. Um, and I knew how important that was to her. Um, her, her treating me the same, um, after win or loss, mm-hmm. um, is, is so important. And sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's a loss and she wants to talk about it. And she's like, well, why didn't you play that guy? Or why didn't, and my first instinct is, listen, I'm the coach. You're not the coach. You don't understand at all. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes we need to hear that. Some we, yeah. we need to hear. We need to hear honesty. And when it's you know, sometimes people fight it because it's from your spouse who um, you think should just love you all the time. And yeah. um, but that's the person who cares most about you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and so hearing some of that stuff again, if I drop my ego, it's really good for me. Yeah. Um, so she keeps me grounded. Um, yeah. And which, which is good, which, which I need is I need my ego in check. Um, and I need to know, Hey, I can do better. Um, and so sometimes it's tough love coming from her, but that's because she means so much to me. It's the most important love. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I think is so cool getting to be around, be around you for the last couple of years coaching is seeing the relationship you and your dad and you talk about that quite a bit. What does it mean for you to be a good dad to your two kids? Oh, there's nothing more important that I can do as a dad um, than display Christ-like attitudes um, and efforts. And um, having my two boys, like there's no greater compliment than when someone comes up to me and says, your boys are so sweet, or your boy did this for my kid today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, because like, you, you know you're a part of that. Um, like my legacy is wrapped up in in, in them, yeah. um, in how they treat other people. Um, and that's tough at times, especially when your kids are at school. Um, cause now I've got to focus on them. Like I'm not away. Like they, like some kids are naughty and they can get away yeah. with it. If your kids do something wrong, like I'm hearing about it and I'm correcting it that day. So they, mm-hmm. they don't get as free as pass as some kids do. Yeah. Um, so that's a challenge for me is just, there's sometimes I've got to just say, Buddy, I know you made a mistake. Um, here's how we're going to correct it instead of just blasting them. Um, 
but sometimes give them a free pass, give them a little leniency. Um, but I just, I love it. I, I, I love it. Yeah. I love, um, seeing my boys around our guys, yeah. um, seeing them in the gym, seeing them like that childlike communication between a senior in high school and a fourth grader. Yeah. Um, our guys dropping their guard and, and taking our boys in. I mean, I just, it, it, it melts my heart. It, there's nothing better um, than being a coach's kid mm-hmm. um, because you you get to be around. You, you get to see, um, my boys get to see me at, you know, besides when I'm just around them, at me at my happiest, at, at mm-hmm. competing with those guys, um, seeing those relationship build. Um, they could be around our guys who just love on them. And we've, we've had such good guys. Yeah. Um, relationships that, that have helped me, uh, my boys have helped me develop relationships with our guys because the way our guys have treated the boys, Mm. um, it melts my heart. It makes me remember that's someone else's kid. I think that's the biggest reminder to me in coaching is that's somebody else's kid. Um, and Mm -hmm. they're, they're looking at me to take care of them. Um, how can I help that kid develop? Um, cause they entrust me to them for the next few years. Yeah. Um, how can I love on them? How can I make that kid like my own family? Um, and it's a struggle. It's a struggle at times. Um, yeah. but it's so rewarding. Yeah. That's a great perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Cause we want to get you out of here, but, um, got a little fire round for you. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So we'll just say a sentence and you can finish it off. Okay. You can do anything if. Uh, you have great attitude, you have great effort, and you have faith. Focus is? Uh, focus is doing um, something you might not want to do when it needs to be done. Um, just locking into what's most important. Uh, discipline comes from? Oh, gosh, same thing. Discipline comes from, from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Laundry. Uh, yeah. dishes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it's an everyday deal. Mm-hmm. My mission is, uh, creating, creating, um, helping to lead our, lead our boys to, to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure they display Christ like attitudes on awesome. others. Yeah. A few, uh, final questions is, um, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, loving others. Yeah. L- loving others. Um, being authentic, um, you know, not not using not using young men to win games. My dad, my dad um, said this once: not not using young men to win games, but using uh, the game to win young men. Um, you know, we we coach basketball. Uh, we do it because we love competing. We do it because we love winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ball stops bouncing at some point. And um, how how did you make an impact on their life um, outside of just winning games? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, do you have a piece of advice that has stuck with you that is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Yeah, um, Lou Hill, Coach Lou Hill, um, hmm. was with us as an assistant coach at OU. Um, and, and Lou... Um, took me in, took our other GN, GA in, and just made us feel like we were part of his family. Um, and he just passed away this year, um, just pretty, pretty suddenly. Mm. Um, 
and there's not a day that's gone by that I don't wish I would have called him more and um, told him how much his advice helped me. Um, he told me that you cannot give your kids the lion's share of your time in this profession. It just it can't happen. Your your hours are going to go to preparing your teams, um, but you can give them. You can be the lion for them when you're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, be wrapped up in looking over them. Be wrapped up in in spending time with them. Um, put your phone down, and 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 be with them because before I know it, Leighton's gonna eight years from now. Leighton's gonna be in eight years is like that. Yeah. Um, is gonna be out of our home. And and he's going to be making his own life. Um, every day I should I, I I should be fully engrossed in being his dad, and being a good role model for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what that that's what Coach Hill taught me was, you you can be a line for them every day. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason to be anything else. Yeah, and it goes back to what you said: be where your feet are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be in the moment. Yeah. So what does building excellence mean to you? And how do you define that? Yeah, building excellence. Um, I think every day, I think our, our staples of program is, is two things. Um, and, and we fall short of this. Um, but having great attitude, having great effort. You, if you do those two things, um, you're going to fail, right? You're going to fail a lot. A baseball player who has a 300 yeah. percentage is a great baseball player. In the major league, that's like a 15-year career. Yeah. You're failing 70% of the time to get on base. Um, how you have a perspective on that, how you say, you know, I'm going to come back, I'm going to lock in, I'm going to give my best every day. Like that's, that's what, that's what makes you, um, that's what excellence is, is, is taking what's inside of you, um, and being disciplined, having humility, having great attitude, have great effort. Like that's, that's excellence. Um, it might not be measured. The success might not be measured. In the same way other people measure it, mm-hmm. but knowing that you gave, you gave what you had, um, that God gifted you with something and you took advantage of that, like that's excellence. Um, and that might mean um, you are like the manager of Quick Trip. That might mean you are the CEO, but that, that might be God's calling where God wants you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as long as you can understand that, um, like it doesn't matter as long as you you reach it the same. I'm I'm a PE teacher. Um, like I could be in college basketball, um, you know. But I'm at where God wants me to be, mm-hmm. and I I've got to knock it out of the park for those kids, for my family. Um, yeah. And so every day, every day, man, it's a it's a blessing. Yeah. No, that's great. No, Teddy, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, it, you know, it's really cool for me because I got to work with you. So everything that you just said, I got to watch and be a part of. So it's it's real. It's not just talk. So I just want to thank you uh, for being on the show, for sharing all that insight, and for also just being a good good husband, good father, but also being a good coach and impacting uh, people, not just your players, but your assistants, the people around you, wherever you're at, um, they're impacted by you. So thanks for being on the show. Well, you you embody you embody exactly what we want from from a young man who. Um, I was I was telling you earlier. We had a um, someone who worked at our school was talking about someone who impacted their kid's life, and unprovoked, without me even saying your name, yeah. your, your name was brought up. I yeah. mean, that's um, 
so you you've you've done it the right way. Yeah, you've done it the right way. And you'll be successful because of it. Yeah. Well, I talked to her before, so I, I, <laughs> I made sure she Anyway, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it, brother. So awesome. Yeah. Hey everyone, it's Bailey Miles. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We hope you found value in the show, and if you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate you sharing the show with a friend, subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcast, writing a quick review, or leaving a five star rating. When you do that, it really helps get the message out and allows more people to hear these stories and help them build excellence in their life, leadership, and legacy. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email. It's bailey at baileymiles.com. Follow us on social. We're on all the different social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or check out our website at baileymiles.com. Once again, I'd love to hear from you, so definitely do that. And then thanks again for joining me on this journey. And remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.